The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, this is about as calm as I'm going to get because I, I just don't think I can calm myself down any further. Um... Welcome to VCU Rams. Excuse me. Welcome to Rams Rewind. Here, live in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly page, and this is about as calm as I can get. I I did not think anything was going to top last year. Baldwin's, you know, no, 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 yes, three, and then and then that great defensive play at the end, and my God, I can't believe that. I, I can't believe any of it. I, I just can't believe it. I mean, this is oh, I'm sorry. I'm just I am barely composed myself. I'll Kathy Richardson asked the perfect question in the game thread. How did that happen? And I and I don't know myself somewhat. Oh, let's give this team so much credit. We looked at this game as the measuring stick game. And in the first 20 minutes, they didn't measure up. They didn't measure up. But that last 20 minutes, that is everything that this team and this university should be about. Bradley, I didn't take any ginger ale because I was going to spill it. And I don't have anything stronger in here. Um, I, oh, no, not that, not that devil stuff, Bradley Heath. Tequila, no, no, no. Uh, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to have a gin and tonic. And then I'm going to have another one, and that's going to calm me down. But before that, let's just talk about this amazing effort because that first half was not good. They weren't moving. They weren't looking for each other. Uh, you know, there's just – it was nothing like what it had to be. You're up against the best team in this conference by a long way that's been blowing everybody out. There was just no way in the world they could play like that and have a chance. And let's be perfectly honest, it probably should have been worse. Beast, you couldn't score in the first half. You know, it's 19 points, their lowest half of the year. So they probably should have been completely out of this at halftime. And yeah, Chris Conway, that is the most that, that's the most amazing recovery you've ever seen, Ditto. But then in that first half. You know, about the only good thing was they didn't turn the ball over a zillion times like usual. And they didn't go crazy from three. They didn't make a three, but they only took five of them. But they just, nothing else was working. No space. It felt like that they were driving into two and three guys every time. It felt like when they when they tried to run around screens, it was clogged up. Golly Moses, they just, nothing was going right. And 
you know, I'm sitting here thinking at halftime, man, if it keeps going like this, I'm going to be talking about how we got three weeks to try to close some of this gap, and then we got another, you know, month to try to close it before the tournament. And they came out with so much more energy, so much more purpose. The, the space was there, and the space was there because the ball not just was moving, the players were moving without the basketball so much ever. And you saw it. They made six of the first eight shots. Bradley Heath, I'm going to get to Shriver because we got to talk about all of it, even the defense. Because, you know, Shriver, Shriver was a problem in the first half. You know, he was, he was, I mean, he's not a good defensive player, but his defensive effort wasn't what it needed to be. But VCU also put him in bad situations with some of the coverages that they were using. But they came out. And it was just, it was light years different. They played like they needed to play. They played like we want them to play. The energy was there on that end of the floor. And they were forcing turnovers at least early. At least early. And that's the other amazing thing. They didn't force a turnover from the under 12 timeout until there was three minutes left. So, and Dayton was hot in the second half. Look, Dayton was at one point, I think they were 7-12, so they actually slowed down and were only and they actually finished under 500, excuse me, under 500, under 50% for the second half, but they were they were rolling. Actually, they were 8 for 13 and then missed six of their last seven, Dayton. You know, and that shot, that shot to beat the shot clock buzzer, I'm like, damn, that's done us right there. I couldn't believe that because they couldn't have played better defense on that possession and to have that ball go up in the air and the guy catch it and be able to throw it off his hand, basically almost tip it off his hand and in is just like, give me a break. But yeah, let's 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 talk about all the heroes because there were so many heroes. Brandon Johns, what a second half. Brandon Johns took a while to get going. In the second half, they couldn't stop him. And the one and the one time they did was a turnover, basically. And then of course Shriver going absolutely ballistic from the outside. My God. You know, first half, took one three, missed it, one turnover, was getting abused by Kamar. And let's be fair, he shouldn't have been on Kamara. He shouldn't have been on Kamara. It was better. And they made the adjustment. They got other people on Kamara. And still, Kamara had a really good second half, but they slowed him down just enough. Just enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm still, I'm still just blah, after a game like this. But let, but Shriver, those threes, and, and don't ask me what that guy was doing under the basket, throwing it to where he threw it. I don't know what he saw, but Shriver, you know, catches it. And, you know, I was a little concerned because he didn't seem that confident, but he just got right to the spot he wanted to get. And my God, that went in. And then all of a sudden, it felt like all hell broke loose. Let's talk about Nick Kern, whose help defense was fantastic. And his help defense creates the turnover. They're trying to get it to Holmes. And he comes over and perfect swipe and has the confidence to go all the way to the basket and lay it in to give us the lead. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. That was absolutely magnificent. Jalen Deloach, people are going to say, how can you shout Jalen Deloach out? You know, he has 
three points for the whole game. He's one for five. Jalen Deloach gets eight rebounds in the game. Our highest rebounder. By the way, remember VCU struggling with rebounds? They were minus 11 in the first half in rebounds. In the second half, they were plus seven. And the guards were rebounding. You know, freaking Baldwin has four rebounds. And Kern's got three rebounds. You know, that's that's huge. You know, they 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 killed off except for the them blood that bloody tip in at the buzzer. Dayton, that's the only two points Dayton had on second chance points. Uh yes, Jason Hutto, the free throws. Yeah, not great. Two for five for the whole game, and none missing that front end of the one and one was ouch. But all over the place, heroes everywhere. Deloach had to battle and fight. The whole damn game against Holmes. Holmes, one of the best players, one of the best players in the country, really. And he was four for 10 from the field. And yes, he got to the foul line, made a bunch of free throws. But Deloach, Deloach is giving away, giving away height and he's giving away strength and size and he's still fighting. And at least in the second half, the double teams came at the right time. Golly Moses. You know, Ace, there was too much dribbling in the first half, but in the second half, it was much better. Ace, you know, tremendous. I, I thought he was tremendous in the second half. Three assists after only having one in the first half. Did such a much better job running the, the point. Zeb Jackson, he only gets two points, but he had two massive assists. They're coming back. Ace tries that terrible lob to Jackson, and I'm thinking, oh, no, we've blown it. And he somehow controls the ball and find, and gets it outside to Shriver for a three. That was gigantic in this game. Absolutely gigantic. Oh, my goodness. You know, and Christian Furman struggled. He missed those two layups. He had three rebounds, though. And he got, he, he got, he used a couple fouls. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's a Bruce Stevenson. That, that is kind of like that game at UVA. That's a good comparison. Jeez. Um, quad one win. Bruce mentioned that earlier. I think I might have said something about it. But but here's the thing. And and this is what this is what we found out. They hadn't played a close game since they blew that third game at the battle for Atlantis. And whatever you think of VCU. And how they've played this year. They've had to be in some tight games. Some of them against teams that were not very good. But that experience did serve them well here. That experience served them well here. Because they didn't give up. That was the first key. They didn't give up. And doggone Dayton just fell to pieces. Absolutely fell apart in that game. Those turnovers. Especially when they didn't turn the ball over. For near on to nine minutes. Oh, that that just shows you. And look, Dayton ends up 24 for 48 from the field, 50%. But that's almost all Tamani Kamara because we couldn't stop him. He was 10 for 16 from the field. 10 for 16. So the rest of them are 14 for 32. That ain't fantastic. That ain't fantastic. Uh, well, look, Sheriff Johns, look, he's not Malachi Smith. And I I got to be honest, 
Until the end of the game, I thought Sheriff, Sheriff Johnson did pretty well. Most of the time, he handled our trap. You know, there was a couple times in the first half where we tried to trap him, and he just saw right over it, made the right pass, and we were done for. Um, but at the end of the game, he just made some mistakes that freshmen make. And they definitely, this is a game where the Malachi Smith factor was huge. And so we do have to keep that in mind because both Malachi Smith and Kobe Elvis could be there for them when they play us in three weeks. And, and you know, we might have to reassess what happened here tonight. Oh, my goodness. Somebody was messaging me on in Facebook Messenger saying, get Kern out of here because he missed those foul shots. And then Kern makes that play. Oh, God. Nick Kern, you beauty, you beauty. And look, the first game him starting, it didn't work. But I'll tell you what, he was giving us that energy again. He was giving us that energy again. Uh, I just wish I just wish Watkins could play better coming off the bench. That's that's the issue. Is that Watkins Watkins does not have a great feel for the game at times coming off the bench. And he struggled again. He was one for eight. Oh, I just, wow. This this is one of the best wins, if not the best one. Like I said, I didn't think you could talk. Oh, and the last defensive play on Kamara. How about that defense? How about that defense? Johns, he tries to turn the corner, but Johns is there. And Deloach with the great help. He didn't block that shot. But Deloach absolutely changed that shot and makes that play and, and helps Johns make that play. I, I mean, that's not – you can't top what Hassan Ward and Vince Williams did la last year because, because, you know, that should have been – Hassan Ward tips away that pass that was probably going to be a dunk, a game-winning dunk for them. And then Vince Williams makes the great play on whoever it was, Blakeney or whoever it was. But that was fantastic because Kamara's busted our head all night. He's got 27 points. He's been absolutely killing his career high. And they get it to him in the spot that they, they kind of want to get it to him, and he stops him. And here's the other thing. Kamara had nine turnovers. So they really did it. They really did it. He did a number on us, but we got our own back. We got our own back. Uh, yeah, there was some, yeah, that kind of reminded me of Troy Daniels, although not as far out as Troy Daniels, because, God, Troy Daniels' range was almost as soon as you step in the gym, kind of like Bones. <sighs> Goodness. Oh, and you know what? Great point, Jason Hutto. Not just the composure on the 5.7 seconds, but they, they, none misses the free throw, they do what I like, which is not call a timeout, see if they can catch the defense, almost discombobulated. VCU does a great job in transition. They get the ball to home, shut it off, and force Anthony Grant to do the right thing because they had nothing there. They had absolutely nothing. Anthony Grant had to call that timeout. Fantastic from VCU. Fantastic. Let me see. What were these second-half shooting numbers? Because you know what? Oh, yeah. How about this second-half? VCU. <laughs> VCU, this is unbelievable. VCU makes, makes double the field goals of Dayton. Dayton makes nine field goals from the field. VCU makes 18. Are you kidding me? 18 of 33. And you know what? 
Remember last year, we always said about VCU that if as long as they don't get slaughtered on the backboard and give up 12 or 13 more field goal attempts, we like them in any game because of their defense. VCU got 12 more shots than Dayton. How about that? 12 more. It was dead even at halftime because Dayton was absolutely on fire shooting it. Uh, We were getting crushed. VCU dominates the second half. 13 more shots at at the basket. And Dayton ends up with 18 turnovers. That's not... That's not what they're – that's not their typical. That's more than their typical. VCU only ends up, ends up with 13. And remember, VCU's one of the worst turnover teams in the country, 328th. And they're under their average. And that made a huge difference as well. That was absolutely massive. And you look at that second half and you say, oh, six assists, that's not much on 18 made field goals. But six assists, six turnovers – Better than the first half. We had two assists and seven turnovers. And that's and things like that matter. What a job by this coaching staff. What a job by these players to fight back and not get buried because as Doug Hines rightly points out, Dayton has been blowing everybody's doors off. Seven straight wins by an average of 24. Not one game was in the single digits. There was not one game where by the under four, Dayton wasn't cruising to victory. This time, and they st- and remember, it was a seven, I think it was a five-point lead at the under four, and then they made two foul shots to get it to seven. So, you know, under three and a half minutes to go, whatever it is, I think, and I'm gonna I should look, I'm gonna look at it right now. I think it's three and a half minutes to go. Um doggone, let's see here. Let's see here. Yeah, they they make Kamar. Excuse, excuse me. Let me see here. What is it? Oh no. I'm, okay, I was incorrect. Five and a half minutes to go. It's an eight point game. Five and a half minutes to go. So VCU closes thirteen to four run. Absolutely excellent. Uh, let me see here. Because when did the when did I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking up the play by play here to make sure I've got this because I thought. I thought, I think it was like maybe not even a five-point game when we got to the last timeout. Let me see here. Let me see here. Let's see here. All right, 415, lost ball turnover. Yeah, that, okay, so yeah, there's the foul. There's the foul on Holmes, and there's the media timeout. So it's a seven-point game at the last media timeout, 336 to go, and then VCU scored right after that, Brandon Johns. Again, hot as a pistol. Uh, the points off turnovers. Good question, Daniel Carter, because that was big. That was big. For the game, points off turnovers, 18-8 to eight for VCU, and I would think that that was even higher in the second half, but that was all the second half. 16-4 to four in the second half. 16-4 to four in the second half. Whew! What a win. And, of course, at least now, you know you don't get swept by Dayton. And if you can somehow pull this off again in three weeks, you can win the tiebreaker. We're now tied for first in the conference. That is huge. Absolutely massive. And 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 some of it, it's kind of like last year. It could almost be viewed as a fluke because – 
You know, last year that was a miracle shot from Ace Baldwin, no question about it. We came out of there with a win. Then we get Dayton in the second game, and Dayton just just has their way with us. So we got to guard against a repeat of that. But one thing about it, not only that, that this was a comeback, that, that it was a comeback and that we had the momentum. We got it down to we had it down to two and one. We had three straight possessions, and this is where I thought we'd lost the game. Three straight possessions to either tie or take the lead. We didn't score any time, and I thought uh, that might be it for us. They they push it back out to seven, to, excuse me, to eight, and we come back again. And yeah, there's an element of the fluke in the sense that they had all of a sudden they have these turnovers, but VCU stayed in there. Stayed in there, stayed with it, didn't let Dayton do what Dayton's done to everybody else and get buried. I mean, again, you cannot help but feel the pride for this team. And just, I mean, my gosh, think about where we were, however many days ago it was. Gosh, how many days ago was the doggone, that dadgum game against Duquesne? Okay, they played Duquesne flipping – January 4th, what's today? Today is January, th- nine days ago. Getting run out, getting almost, getting smacked around by Duquesne. Trey Clark has his way with us and dunks the ball off the backboard. Nine days ago, and now we're sitting here. Three consecutive wins, two road wins after we hadn't won a road game. As somebody else said, broke the ESPN2 curse, the Friday night curse. Everything's changed. This it, it feels like this team hit the bottom, looked at themselves, understood, understood how they've let themselves down, and worked to change it. And were and and and, and put and, and made the commitment. And here's the other thing: they weren't putting their body on the line in the first half, except for Deloach. There was no question about it in the second half. They, that every one of them that got out on that floor sold out. Every one of them put it, put, put their hearts into it. You didn't see what we've seen a lot this year. Oh, let's try to, let's try to avoid the contact and go under the this or that or the other. No, 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 no. They went right at a bigger, more, more athletic team. They went right at them. And that, and that's the other thing. I ain't sitting here and saying Dayton's soft or anything, but again, when you haven't played a close game in a month, in over a month, it might it kind of shocked Dayton a little bit. I really believe that. I think it might have caught them a little unawares that that VCU was really going to take it up to them like that, but they did. And good God Almighty, <laughs> what is it about Mike Rhodes and the UD Arena? We couldn't beat stinking St. Bonaventure there in the championship, but then again, we had COVID and we didn't know it at the time. But this is two years in a row that they have pulled scarcely believable wins out of their hind parts at the at at the toughest place to one of the toughest places to play in this conference. And I am so proud of them; I can't stand it. You know, and Cameron Hines, you asked a very good question: Is VCU back? I want to believe that sincerely because. This team is four and one in the conference, tied for the conference lead now. That one is an eyesore. That one is an eyesore, no question about it. But these last three wins 
have all had been had real substance and have been really terrific in their own ways. This one, obviously, the most emotional one, the most amazing one, the most exciting one, whatever it is. Now, the, now the now comes the tough part. In a sense, you've had this great win. They're going to come back to campus. And the people that are there, because I know school's not in yet, the whole city's going to be buzzing for them. Everybody's going to be hugging on them and patting them on the back and telling them how great that was, how great they are. I mean, Nick Kern, I wouldn't blame them if they carried him off the bus after this game. And that's it, Todd St. Pierre. A letdown is understandable, but we can't afford it. You can't spend spend what you've earned here and go and lose at home to UMass. And not just the UMass game, it's Richmond too. Don't spend what you've earned here by splitting these next two. What you've got an opportunity to do now is separate yourself from the rest of the pack. Because again, ain't many teams going to get one over on Dayton, certainly at their place. They only they hadn't lost at home this year. There's a very good chance that's the only time they're going to get beaten in their arena this year. So this is the opportunity to set yourself up for that opportunity to get that double bye and give yourself the best position for the tournament because you've got a golden blanking ticket. There's quite a chance there's the it isn't just the potential to win the tiebreaker against Dayton. It's the potential to win the tiebreaker against anybody else. Because again, how many of them are going to beat Dayton this year? It's not going to be many. So you have that opportunity to give, you've given yourself a chance to win some serious tiebreakers with other teams. Now it's about getting yourself away from the rest of this pack, getting yourself to five, six or seven and one and saying to yourself, We've got one of these top four spots. You got to come get us. That's it's now time to turn. This boulder is starting to roll down the hill, and it needs to roll over and flatten everybody. So this is great. I hope the players celebrate their brains out on the on the bus back to the airport and the flight back and whatever. But on Sunday, it's over. On Sunday. It's got to be out of the system, and we've got to be getting ready for UMass, who they've not been great in this conference season. They're currently 1-3 and three before tomorrow. But this is a UMass team that won an in-season tournament. They're capable of being a really good team, and we cannot spend what we've earned here because we've earned a lot tonight, VCU. They have earned – so much tonight. Everybody's going to look at this result and go, wow. Everybody's going to look at this result and have a newfound respect for this team. This is a massive result in this part of the college basketball universe. Do not, please, for the love of God, do not, do not spend what you've earned here and give it back against UMass. Please don't. Even if it's got to be a grinded out, ugly game, Come up with the goods. UMass is playing at home to Rhode Island tomorrow, uh, Darren Grimes. That's who UMass is playing. That is that is a that is a 430. So that's the last tip on Saturday up in Amherst. So that's what we've got. That is what we've got. That's what they've got tomorrow. 
<sighs> so, Tuesday night. Let's see. Tuesday night, I assume that's a 7 o'clock. Be nice if it was a 7.30. Let's see here. Let me go back. Okay, 7 o'clock Tuesday night. As ever, I'm going to race as quick as I can to get to get here, to get home, to be able to watch the game. It's on something called NBC Digital. I don't know what the heck that means. I, I know it doesn't mean ESPN Plus. So, um, so there's that. So, <sighs> I'm sorry. I, I'm like I say. I'm still just beside myself. Uh, that was absolutely magnificent. So, in podcast land, you'll be hearing this. Hopefully, you'll be hearing this on Saturday, and hopefully, you've enjoyed this. If you like what you hear in podcast land, there is a link in the description. There's a link on Podbean to a PayPal to drop some dinero in. Please do. We really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, I'll be live in here Tuesday night in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group. If not, it'll, of course, drop Wednesday. I want to thank everybody for the game, for the comments in the thread. Yes, we were all upset early in the game, but look, like anybody else, as facts change, so do opinions, and the facts changed in this game. (laughs) And I want to thank everybody in this video for excellent comments. I know I didn't get taught them all, in part because, like I said, I'm I'm just, I'm still, I still have a little bit of the vapors after that game. Honestly, you're lucky. I, I, the shirt almost went off and I almost started waving it around like a soccer player when that game was over. I ran around the living room. I jumped, I hollered, I screamed like a banshee. I, like I said, I needed a few minutes to collect myself. One of the best, if not the best win of the Mike Rhodes era, an amazing win, but let's, let's build, let's not rest on our lords. We got to build on this now. Two huge road wins. A quad one win. Let's let's build on this by winning at UMass and then giving it to them stinking spiders in a week. Because we owe the spiders. Let's not forget that we owe the spiders. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all in the good and the bad and the ugly group. Thank you all in podcast land. Until next time, have a good night, good day, wherever you are, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.